right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hey, Erin. We're, st- <laughs> we're starting over again. We had technical difficulties. But yes. But we're back. But we are back. And yeah, so we, at the top of the show, we just want to mention real quick that we did do our first ever romance-centric Patreon-exclusive episode because we reviewed the Netflix original film, A Castle for Christmas, starring Brooke Shields and Carrie Ulls. And that's available now. So go there and check it out. Join if you'd like. And we have one new patron who we'd like to shout out, Vanetta Junja. So thank you, Vanetta, for your support. And we're going to have some fun, cool stuff coming up. We don't have a frequency picked out yet, but it's kind of whenever we get a chance to record something, we'll throw something up there. Mm-hmm. Because so probably we'll... some more Christmas stuff coming up too. Novellas yeah. and yeah. Christmas movies, because those don't take very long to watch. Unlike how long it takes to read books like the ones we did this week. Aaron, what did we read? <laughs> We read Warrior's Woman by Johanna Lindsay. And I kept saying Joanna Lindsay. Nobody called me mm-hmm. on it. I'm I'm glad. Thank you for not doing that. I kept saying Joanna, but it is Johan, Johanna Lindsay. Yeah. And so it's Warrior's Woman, Lynn Santier, family number one. And it was written in 1990. And you feel every one of those 31 years ago. Oh, big time. Yeah. We picked. Why did we pick this book? We picked picked this this book because Fabio was on the cover. Because Fabio was on the cover. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I think we should get more into Fabio on the mini-sode next week. Because I was reading a lot about him. And there is, to me, in a nutshell, Fabio feels to me, for romance readers and lovers, like that original Batman TV show in the 60s felt like for comic book fans, at least up until the comic book fans became, you know, comic books became the dominant genre of uh, pop culture, where Mm -hmm. it seemed like, even me, like when we first started this podcast, I mentioned Fabio probably two minutes into the first episode. And that seems to be something that has followed romance for a while. And there's a tinge of embarrassment about it. I don't know how everybody feels because obviously I'm a virgin. But I didn't want to make this episode Fabio heavy because it's not it's it's rude to Johanna and what she did, which was write a book. Like he's on the cover and it's great and it definitely helped the sales. Uh, because he was very popular on these covers at the time. But he's not the whole story when it comes to this book. Anyway, let's judge these fantastic covers. So there were only two covers of this book. So the first one is obviously the Fabio cover. Uh, So it's Fabio and a beautiful woman embracing. It's all purple and space. It's funny because when I put that we were put doing this book next on Instagram. A lot of you guys said that this was like a first romance for you or you had like saved up money for this romance. Yes. Or like the cover had really hooked you and I 100% get why. Like I can see being like younger and seeing this cover and just being like I just need to know what's happening in these pages. Yeah, this was also uh, we had some people say that they stole this from a relative and hid it to read it. <laughs> I got to say, if I would have seen this cover as a kid, as a as a boy, I I do think I still would have been. Oh, what is this? Yeah. Like this would have drawn me in. Because the 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 woman is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, Fabio is ripped. And it just has that kind of, oh, what what could this possibly be? Like, I know this is probably going to have something sexy in it. So at a yeah. certain age, I would have been a little bit titillated by this. A lot of it. Yeah, totally. 
And then they re-released it in... So that was the original paperback in 1990. Gorgeous. It's the one we all stole. (laughs) I would have stolen it if I had been around it. I'm so bummed that there were no older romance readers in my life as a child. Because I feel like I really would have flourished. Yes. It didn't happen. Although one of my mother's friends did met me once and then told my mother she should read Outlander. And I was like 12. Like she pinned me. She was like, I know what this girl's going to be into. Wow. Um, but anyway, uh, and then they re-release it in 2010 for the Kindle. And it's not, a, it's fine. Boring. Yeah. It's the same. It's a blonde man and a dark haired woman. The guy is like tan. The woman is pale. Her thigh is the size of my forearm. And they're in like red sheets and there's like an aurora borealis happening above them. It's not bad, but I think when you compare it to the original cover, there's, there is no comparison. No, there is no, it is such a stark, especially because you, you know, you do our show notes and looking at them side to side, it's just, yeah, it looks so tepid and lame compared to Mm -hmm. the original that had energy, just real energy. Yeah, there's that original cover is is really something special. And you can see why it is. I think it's like a collector's thing, too, for people. Yeah, it's so it's amazing. It's a great cover. So speaking of what's happening inside the book, Clayton, what did happen inside this book? What was this book about? Oh, my gosh. So this book is about Tedra D.R. Get ready for a lot of uh, mispronunciations, by the way, (laughs) on my part, who is a tall kind of amazonian woman who lives on a planet where women are dominant and she uh, she's not represented i guess she's represented okay on that cover because challen who is the hero is supposed to be like seven foot Mm -hmm. so she's supposed to be six something he's supposed to be seven feet so i guess when we look at that cover he is taller than her but they don't he doesn't look seven foot tall but anyway so this is a book about her planet gets taken over by these uh, bad guys who are going to in, enslave, it, try to enslave the women and change the age of consent from 25 to 18. But it's That's not like, even the age of consent. It's the age that you are no longer allowed to be a virgin. Yeah. So they use the term age of consent, but it is that. It is that. They are no longer allowed. You must be entered or how, what are they? I wrote this down what they refer Breached. to it as. Breached. Oh, my God. The terminology in this book is is insane. She yeah, she was she's illegally unbreached at this point, which means she's a virgin. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so she flees the the planet Ends up on a barbarian planet, challenges Chalin to a fight where if he wins, she she has to do a service for him for a month. And he decides that the service is to uh, do whatever he wants where he sleeps, whatever he he wants her to do, whatever he wants where he sleeps, which is very specifically because she says, you mean bedroom? He's like, where I sleep. So anywhere he sleeps, she has to do whatever he wants, Mm -hmm. which means basically fucking. And they do eventually fall in love and then go back to her planet and overthrow the bad guys. But wow, this was (laughs) I I. okay, this was rough for me. Yeah, because of the all the different terminology, the world building was very obvious. It was very obvious that that, you know, Johanna was trying to do something here, maybe out of her comfort zone. And I was into it at the beginning. And then the middle part of this really dragged. Mm -hmm. And what did you think? Yeah. It's like, obviously, Johanna Lindsay is a queen of the genre, and obviously, she can write a very good romance novel. And we've done her another book of hers that we really liked and was really mm-hmm. fun and, like, kitschy and over the top. And I don't know if it was just that she was trying out a new genre with this being sci-fi or what, but 
this book was a mess. Like nothing really made sense. There was so much terminology and the planets, it's like Lynn Santier and Lynn Sandier and like everything is so close. Yes. It's like, what's going on? Also, just the conceit of the plot where it's like Tedra is on a planet where basically like everyone is like alone, like babies are born because people donate genetic material and then they're grown in incubators and stuff. So like she doesn't even have a family. She doesn't even know who her parents are. There's stress centers where people go to fuck. Yeah, people go to fuck. And that's the only like just sex is only for relieving stress and not for procreation or anything else. And so she's like a, a security officer. And then when this world gets taken over and all of the women are going to be sent to be sex slaves and they can't own property and all this stuff. She goes to a planet where women are all sex slaves and can't own property. And she's like, these people will help me. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, this is the same. You're in the same spot than you were before. So, but she doesn't, but it's so strange. Cause I'm like, why is that wrong for your planet? You're not seeing like, it's not like she's happy with what's going on. Like she's constantly fighting with Challen nonstop, but yeah. like, not in a way of where she's like, this is ridiculous. Like, we women need to come together and revolt. And, like, listen, this is not a feminist book. I don't want, I don't need it to be a feminist book. It was written in 1990. Like, it's, I'm not going to go into, like, the deeper issues. But Yeah, feminism that... had no place in the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> listen, we we lived it and we remember. But I think, not that it didn't have any, well, you know what I mean. But it's like. I'm joking. To go through that stuff, but also just from a logic point of view, it's like, I don't understand what was happening there and then like her going back to her planet to save everything basically takes like the last 10 pages of the book and all happens very smoothly it just like the pacing was so bizarre we don't we don't meet our hero until chapter seven yeah that's way too long and then basically they just meet up she immediately wants to fuck him she sees him from afar and she's like yeah uh, let's get to fucking. She and wants to be breached. Uh-huh. So bad. By a guy taller than her. That's basically her only requirement. Because she sees a guy who's taller than her back at her planet. And she's like, mm, maybe we should I should just fuck this guy. When, like, uh, bitter men talk about their experiences on dating sites, that mm-hmm. seems to be who they think every woman is. Every woman's a Tedra. Like, she she didn't date me because I'm 5'8". It's like, no, she didn't de- date you because you have a very bad attitude. <laughs> and it's obvious. Right, exactly. Listen, I I dated mostly guys my height until Pat. And Pat's, like, significantly taller than I am. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, if you were a, if you were a short king with, like, a level of, uh, oh, like, what is it, like, self-assurance and like confidence like confidence, there's nothing yeah. sexier yeah because i watched that show selling sunset and the 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 two guys who lead the real estate group are these two tiny twins who are goblin-y looking but they are both so confident and smooth that i'm like do i want to fuck these goblin twins? yeah do i want to fuck these goblins it, it is so true <laughs> that that is that is really the key for 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 most guys is just you have to be confident mm-hmm. that doesn't mean arrogant just confident and that will be attractive it it will it will only matter how tall you are if you have a bad personality yes right exactly but if like if you're like a smooth like confident like commit guy who's like commanding in his space like it doesn't matter how tall you are like that is so much sexier than like being a seven foot dope exactly yeah, so that that was well that was what was confusing about this book at first because it's so old school in the mm-hmm. fact that she actually kisses another guy at the beginning of this book. Well, he kisses her and he's one of the big guys that shows up on the planet to take over, but we don't see it. Like we hear about it later, but we don't see it actually happen because I had to reread that section several times to be like, did I miss a kiss? But I guess, mm-hmm. tell me if I'm wrong here, because I'm just a virgin. But it was to not have her kiss somebody that was not the hero. 
So oh, I don't she know. Did, I don't even remember that. She did kiss him, but it wasn't shown, so it could mm-hmm. be kind of erased in a way, you know? Yeah, I guess so. But then so much, so like, yeah, she doesn't, the, the hero and heroine don't meet until, yeah, seven chapters in. Which like, if any of you are out there writing romance novels, I want them to meet chapter one. I need to know who's who chapter one. Exactly. I can't. Whenever it's more than a chapter before they meet, I'm just like, I don't care. I'm done. And then it's basically them just fucking nonstop for 60% of the book. Mm hmm. But not in a like even, but it's like weirdly closed door. I know. It's like it's closed so door, then it's odd. not a little bit. It, it was, I was expecting. And you know, listen, there's Fabio on the cover. Again, don't want to make this about him. But my expectations with these books, these old school books, is like throbbing member, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We didn't really get that. Not to the degree that I wanted. It was all like she goes down on him once at one stage. And I think that's the like the first time we hear about his dick at all, other than when she needs him in the dick. And yeah, all of the sex scenes are just like he covered her. She she came five times and it's just mm-hmm. sort of like, I mean, it felt like when like teenagers are talking about having sex before they've had sex and yes. they're like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we, we had sex nonstop for eight hours. And it's like, now with somebody who has sex regularly, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do it for eight hours. That sounds, that sounds like fucking hell. Oh, that sounds like a punishment. Yeah. When do you find time to watch your shows? Exactly. Don't you get hungry? Don't you want to just kind of like not be touched for a second? So, so there. The thing about this book that uh, at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. I found intriguing. How do I put this? There was a feeling of the unknown, of how far this book would go, that was titillating to me, right? Okay. In starting to read it, because this was a different time, I knew that there there could be stuff in this that I wouldn't read in a book that was published in 2010 or 2016 or or any of the times that we've been reading uh, these books. So there was this a, a, a kind of illicit thrill of, mm, I wonder if there's going to be something really fucked up or really crazy in this book and it was exciting to me and then this book ended up being pretty boring and confusing not confusing mm-hmm. just like like you've said it's just it doesn't it doesn't cohere in a way that's satisfying and so that kind of wore off but there was an element to it that I was that I had got into this in a in a way that's different than say when we read you know uh Elisa Kleypas because I kind of know what I'm going to get from that one mm-hmm. because there's a horny robot in this there's Korth oh, who Martha her not physical robot companion but like a voice robot who's trying to who reprogrammed her servant robot to hit on her constantly and then when Tedra says, change him back, Martha doesn't and lies about it, which is right. crazy because Martha just wants her to get laid, really. I thought the Martha of it all was really interesting and I really liked, like, and I, I, I you know, I was thinking, like, for this woman writing this, you know, in the late 80s, basically, like... She got a lot right or just like sort of her ideas of like what the future would be like. And obviously we're not in 2152, but like it was interesting where she was going with this kind of stuff. And I always like that aspect of if you read like old school sci-fi, just sort of like what people thought would be happening. I found that really interesting. And I really liked like Martha as a character because she was just like a horny ass computer who was like looking out and really cared for Tedra in a way that like nobody in her life really did. Yeah. You know, she didn't have that close companionship. Oh, well, other than who was it, Rufus back at the whole planet? 
Rourke. Rourke, sorry. So Rourke at the home planet was the one who like sent her away and then helped her when she showed up again. Mm-hmm. That was so confusing too because she's like, I need to save all the women from sex slavery. And she's like, well, I guess I'll just fuck you for a month, but only a month. Mm-hmm. It's like, women are being kidnapped back to the whole planet. Like, how are you just hanging out? And like, your biggest thing is like trying to go to the market. Yeah. It, it, so the other thing with this too is like, so she challenges him to a fight and mm-hmm. loses. And then there's at least a chapter or two where she is pestering him with talking about the rules of this. And what if I challenge somebody else while you're in control of me? What if I challenge you again? Like she's just pestering him about all these rules. And I understand why, because obviously she's interested in her situation. And also mm-hmm. the author needs to tell us what what all the intricacies of of owning a woman like this is. But I really was bored to tears by it. Yeah, I think that's the thing about this book is it was boring, despite being about like two aliens in a different world with sex slavery. It was a bit of a snooze. Yeah, yeah. And they can't. And on Tedra's planet, Chris Strain, mm-hmm. no baths, no water at all. They do solar baths, which I am interested in. Oh, I can't. I can't with the solar baths. Oh, I think I love it. Because you come out clean as a whistle two minutes in that solar bath and you don't have to like... Because here's the thing. You don't have hair. And I think having hair and taking a shower or something, it makes it so then it's it's such a longer process. I have hair. You do have hair, but you don't have to like style your hair. You're right. <laughs> So the idea of a solar bath where you come out and your hair would already be dry and then you just have to like style it. That sounds really interesting. I'm into it. Well, when I had long hair, it was a pain. Yeah. Yeah. But then she goes on to uh, Challenge Planet and she does take a bath. And she is not into it at first. Yeah, it seems terrifying. And she doesn't even understand, like, the sensation of having water around you is too much for her. Yeah, she's like, is it it like heavy air or a gel? (laughs) I, I did like that aspect of the book, though. I thought it was interesting how, like, neither planet was shown as being the better planet. Or, you know, these guys are the barbarians, and so therefore, like, they need to learn... Like, there was aspects of her world that were really fucked up that she didn't see were messed up. And mm-hmm. then, obviously, there were aspects of uh, Challenge's world that were messed up. But it wasn't shown as, like, this one is better than the other one in a way yeah. that I thought was, like, really interesting and, like, well done. Because, um, but through her eyes, she's just used to everything. So she's like, no, this is the way that you're supposed to do it. And it's, like, an interesting mirror to be shown. So I did enjoy that aspect of it. But I think rarely do we say in these sci-fi books that we want more plot. (laughs) But I feel like we wanted more plot. Yes. Yeah. We wanted less of the... It's weird. We we wanted less of them hanging out together, which is usually what we all, like, what we both want. Yeah. But I think it was also, like, Challen... We were very rarely in his point of view. I think if we were in his point of view more, maybe it would work better. But it was just, like... We only got it kind of really sporadically. And then it was just like her being like confused and angry all the time. And listen, I like Tedra as a character. I did think she was fun, but it was like constant pushing. And you never saw like sort of them actually like why they did fall in love with each other other than they really loved sharing sex. That's that's huge. Yeah, that 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 is such a big thing that we didn't really get to know why they loved mm-hmm. each other. Because I agree. I like the concept of her character a lot. Here's a dominant woman who is on a planet of weakling men, and she just wants somebody who she can't walk all over. It's great. Mm -hmm. She meets this guy. He's huge. He's powerful. Boom. Then we have that whole thing where Challen takes Daya juice, Daya juice, which he uses to keep his sexual urges away so he can hunt and do all these important things. 
which believe me, sign me up for that juice because <laughs> are you, you so horny that... sometimes that it distracts you from day to day hunting activities? No comment. <laughs> no, in the sense of it just like, you know, I'm a guy that's, you know, really it's it's not an excuse anymore, but. We do think a lot about sex, and women do mm-hmm. too. Everybody thinks about sex a lot. But if you just had that straight eight hours where you're like, I have no, I'm not even thinking about anything in that regard, get your work done, come home, you know, and then do what you do, that's great. But it also, it makes him lose his memory, and it's there's side effects, obviously, mm-hmm. to this. But what I liked about that was she's so horny and was thinking he has such control. Why isn't he taking me? He needs to just take me. If you're going to because once she's under his possession, she almost thinks, oh, well, now I can finally just be breached because there's nothing I can do about this. Right. Giving Mm -hmm. giving this kind of, oh, I guess I'll just get breached because she obviously wants to get breached by this guy. And so I liked that play of her being like, why is this guy not just taking me? And that frustration she felt, I thought, was was pretty erotic to a point. Yeah. I did like that, the sort of the way the virginity was treated, like the whole breaching thing, it is like a funny word for it. But I think a lot of times in romance novels, virginity is held up as like such a prize and who you give your virginity to. And the heroines are mostly virgins. And if they're not virgins, it's for like a specific reason. And I really liked how this was just, she was kind of like, I want to get rid of it. I want to, like, whatever, I want to have sex. I want it to be with somebody that I'm into. I don't need to love them. But, you know, that's those were kind of her requirements. And she didn't have a lot of um, any hang-ups about, like, what it meant when she was no longer a virgin or anything like that. Yeah. And in a way that I felt like was close to more people I know, like, their experience of virginity, where it does mm-hmm. just get to a point sometimes where you're just like, Eh, whatever. Like, I just want to do it with somebody who's not awful so that it can be done. And I and it's not a thing anymore. Like you know? who? And it's Could like, you, like, name names? Who I had sex with the first time? I'm not going to no, say like, name. No, like these friends of yours who aren't big on, uh, who don't really care about their virginity. Well, no, I don't have any virgin friends that I know of anymore. <laughs> you missed those boats. I'm sorry. But... Oh, no, I wasn't asking for myself. <laughs> I just wanted to know who these who these women are. I just like I just like to ask people to name names. <laughs> well, I, I always like I want to see I, who's a snitch. Oh, well, I, I went to a Catholic college, too. So I think there was a lot of people who had very, like, weird views of sex when we were, like, you know, in our late teens, early 20s. And then sort of that transition into, like, okay, sex actually isn't as big of a deal as we thought it was. And now mm-hmm. we just kind of want to be rid of the virginity. So it's not this, like, continuous hang up to have. Yeah. So anyway, I really like the way that was treated. And I think in 1990, you know, we've talked before about forced seduction and the reasoning behind it. And obviously, romance novels have a pretty sordid history with with forced seduction and with virginity and the way that women are treated uh, sexually. And I did think that this was done pretty well. Like she was really into it. And they had sex. I mean, that's, in, you know, it was delayed for a day because he was on this like diet juice, which also was, I agree, was great. A great conceit. But um, and then afterwards, she was really into having sex, which I think is also rarer for this kind of time to have a woman be this like horned up all the time. And it was great. Yeah. I liked that aspect of it, like them being really into each other and really into having sex was great. But I think there was just not much else going on. And I think we've talked before about like just sex scenes in the absence of like plot or emotion or any of those things can be kind of boring. Mm-hmm. It's so true. But it is hard to read this from a perspective of people in 2021 who've also had the luxury of reading so many different kinds of romance novels, so many different uh heroines that are able to just be sexual without it having to be a forced situation 
you know, it's the climate that Joanna Lindsay, Johanna Lindsay was was writing in what is completely different than now. So we have to give her the benefit of the doubt in that way for for pushing things in a, in a, in a direction that, like you said, this this there is something very kind of cutting edge about this. Yeah. No, I would totally give her props for this. Like, obviously, yeah. Like, there's a lot of other issues, whatever. But I do think, like, that representation was, like, pretty good and pretty interesting. And um, obviously, I haven't read, like, a ton of old school romances. Because, like I said, no adults in my life when I was a child were really into romances for me to steal. But it does seem like this is this was different. So when I worked at, I I lived in Hawaii and I worked at a hardware store called City Mill. And there, so there was the, the, you know, the, the store floor, the main floor, and then above it was the warehouse. And we had a break room upstairs. And outside of the break room was a huge bookshelf filled with romance novels. Oh, what a treasure trove. And because there was women who worked at the store that had sort of a bring one, take one, where they would, you know, read one and then bring one from home and all this. So it was like this romance novel library. And I remember glancing at it briefly and not and just being like, oh, that's kind of cool that they have their library and then I looked and it was all romance and I thought, oh, well, it's all romance. So there's nothing there for me. A little now, did you I, know. A little did I know. Now, if I had a time machine, I would love to go back there and see what these books were. I would, I would say that there's probably a good chance that this book was on this shelf. Because when I say big bookcase, I'm talking big and all of these mass market paperbacks and it had there had to be a johanna lindsay on oh 100 percent. and it's so funny i just i didn't even think because i'm a you know i've always been a reader I, I i love books and i just didn't look at them as something that i would even be interested in at all to pick up and peruse which is a bummer because I'm sure there was a treasure trove of these old school type of romances. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I would have picked this off the shelf and looked at that cover and been like, oh, maybe I take this home with me. I know, but this wouldn't have been a great first romance. <laughs> or it could have been depending because I knew nothing mm-hmm. else. Right. This could have been the one that blooded me. Who knows? Yeah. But um, yeah, if anyone talk- works at the city mill in Hawaii then <laughs> take a picture of if those bookshelves still exist. Let's talk a little bit about Farden. So Farden is just, a, yeah, it's fuck, right? I guess so. Yeah. It's an exclamation that they use to emphasize, but if Farden is fuck, then she has a mouth like a sailor. Cause everything <laughs> is fart in this word. and fart in that. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't. The amount of times that she says Farden. That's why I was like, is it fuck or is it something else? But like, what other word could it be that she uses non like four times on a page? Farden, Farden this, Farden that. And then she also she says, calls everybody babe, which just oh, made God. me laugh. <laughs> I hated that so much. <laughs> I hated that every time she called anyone babe, but Challen babe. Mm-hmm. It's so dismissive Mm -hmm. in an annoying way because you know sometimes people call each other babe in an affectionate way this is not Mm -hmm. an affectionate way yeah this is like someone saying yeah you do whatever you want babe yeah this is dennis miller saying babe (laughs) i hated it so much that was annoying yeah and it wasn't just him it was kind of it was everybody yeah, it's such Anybody a weird who she toss to be In hmm? the future, in the future, mm-hmm. where there's no water and just sun baths, she's just calling everybody babe. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it felt it, odd to me. Johanna Lindsay must have been so thrilled when she came up with the idea of Farden that she couldn't stop writing it. But then a lot of the other language is very antiquated. Yeah, you. I mean, you would too. If you if you struck gold like Farden, mm-hmm. you would you would use it. You would use it so much. I guess so. So is there anything else about this book that we need to cover? I mean, I understand why people would be drawn to this initially, mm-hmm. especially in the 90s. I think it was she was attempting to do something. And I, I think for us, it it feels like a failure because it was kind of boring. But I do think there was underlying interesting things brought up by it. Yeah. And I get also, if you had read this at a formative time, you would feel very differently about it. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. if you see The Goonies as a kid, it becomes like the most important movie of your life. But then if you're like me and you watch it for the first time in your mid-20s, you're like, oh, okay. I don't really get it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if you read this early in your romance journey, I understand how this could be a formative book for you. And, you know, there are interesting things about it, too. Sometimes I wonder us having to read things on a short deadline. Like, maybe if we had all the time in the world to read this book, it would feel different. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it it was a bit of a struggle. In a way that I feel like her, the other book that we read of hers... Is it to find out the heart? The one where she has to get pregnant by that warrior guy. Like, we loved that. So, obviously, like, oh. we're Johanna Lindsay fans. But, yes. yeah, this book in particular just kind of fell a little flat for us. But we'll, we'll come back to the queen again. This is mm-hmm. not going to be the last one that we do. Yeah. And if you guys have an old school romance, just because I feel like I don't know a ton of them. So if you have an old school romance that you're like, oh, this one is the first one I read or this one felt really important or this one did something interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. let us know. Email us or, you know, DM us on Instagram or something. Those are the two main places where we are Um, or our Patreon, because we definitely I'm 100 percent down to read a lot more old school romances. But um Yes, there's something, like I said, thrilling about them because I just don't know what they're capable of. Right. They can be so wild. And that titillates me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So big question is, would you fuck them? Would you sex share with them? (laughs) Share sex. Would you breach them? Yes. (laughs) Would you breach them? I say yes and yes. I mean, definitely Challen. Challen? Well, you know, Tedra... She would beat the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. You would be putty in her hands. And I you don't know if I that. hate that. I don't know if I hate that. <laughs> we we forgot about the one thing. So Tedra leaves the castle or whatever, and then she needs to be punished. So the way that he punishes her is by just not letting her come for five hours. Yeah. Until she's basically, like, in pain from, like, having no release. And it takes her, like, a day for her to wear off. But I'm like masturbation doesn't exist like that's a concept you have no like you know nothing of yeah i guess that's so true anyway that's beside the point but i would say yes and yes for sure Mm Hmm. all right should we do goodreads list let's do it best alpha male alien meets human heroin romance (laughs) is she human yeah, I mean, it seems like they're both human. Like, yeah. neither of them have characteristics that I'm like, oh, this is an alien person. Like, he's very big, but I, there are big people, you know. They're I don't just know. From I different felt... planets, I guess, which mm-hmm. makes them alien. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that this should be on this. I mean, technically, it shouldn't be on this uh, list, but I get why it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, barbarian romance novels. Yes, he is a barbarian. The one and only Fabio. Yes, Fabio is on the cover. And then the best time travel romance novels, which is this time travel? I, I th- I, they might be thinking in the sense of as readers, we are traveling into the future. I guess. By reading this, if that's the case... That's not how time travel is used in regular, you know, discourse. So I would mm-hmm. say absolutely not. Take it off I, the list. Yeah, this isn't. If you're looking for time travel romance, this isn't it. 
Um, well, because then part of me was like, oh, when she goes to that planet, is she going back in time? It's so confusing. Anyway, I'm not even going to get into it, actually. Okay. Love Among the Stars sci-fi romance. Yes. Yeah. Petite heroine, big hero. I mean, she's petite in comparison to him. But she would be very tall for us. Yeah. Down and Dirty Bodice Rippers. You know, not as much as I'd like it to be. Some of her books so much about sex, it was not very sexy. (laughs) Yes. I wanted it to be sexier. Uh, Epic fantasy romance. Uh, mm, I I didn't find this to be epic. Humorous romance books. Mm, Not as humorous as her the last book we read of hers, which the heroine had a great wit and was a real handful. I mean, Tedra's Tedra is a handful too. It wasn't as humorous. No, I I wouldn't say this is humorous. Mm -hmm. Take it off the list. Um, my dream leading men dream for somebody. Yeah, every I guess. Uh, he's just he's too boring for me. Mm-hmm. Controlly, uh, controlling sexy possessive men. Yes. Yeah. Kick ass female heroines in paranormal genre. It's okay, sci fi paranormal? paranormal. Yeah. It's not paranormal. And let, let's uh, can we stop saying kick ass, please? Why? You don't like kick ass? I hate it. I hate kick ass. Okay. Everything's badass, kick ass. It's just. <laughs> course <laughs> romance novels that influence a generation curious is yes. that true it's I not our so. generation well no but i think it, it i think it definitely did okay fictional males that make you squirm in a good way he didn't make me squirm now pregnant heroines in historical romance like was she actually pregnant he just told her she was pregnant and they both stopped taking birth control but like that doesn't mean she was pregnant oh no she is yeah. pregnant yeah no because she goes she into the, the meta thing okay yeah, yeah she because pregnant. she's almost mur- like they have that that tech where he he almost dies in a mind collapse and is saved <laughs> and then she's attacked and almost murdered while pregnant mm-hmm and the whole scene is she's laughing at him because he thinks she's going to die and totally forgets about this advanced technology that he had just learned about fairly recently <laughs> because he saw his pregnant lover bleeding. So he's like, ah, yeah. ha, ha, you totally forgot about this technology. You were mourning me. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> that was unhinged. Oh, there was a mind collapse, guys. There was a mind collapse. We forgot to mention it. That in was space. ridiculous. In space. She kicked just, one of the the pylons and then the thing collapsed. Just just so everybody uh, can go to sleep well at night, knowing that in a uh, hundred and some odd years, we'll still have mines somewhere. <laughs> um, me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Kind of. I mean, he's not that much of a barbarian. I didn't think so either. He's also like the king of the country or whatever. Like he's the leader. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seemed pretty advanced. I mean, at one point she walks in on him. He's just working at a desk. Like, what do you want from him? <laughs> uh, pioneers It'd be of great science. If he had those tiny glasses. Oh like yeah, tiny glasses on his nose. <laughs> that would be great. Um, pioneers of science fiction slash futuristic romance. I think that's up I, for us to say. Like, sure. Yeah. Uh, if uh, as people who are more knowledgeable than us, uh, if they wrote this list, then I, it's, I can't argue it. Mm-hmm. Shameless strumpets and bodice rippers. Yeah, I like shameless strumpets. Is a nice. Uh, wording i like that mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't believe she's a shameless strumpet but i do like those term those terms together yeah most misogynistic uh books out there i'm sure there's more oh yeah <laughs> uh, this this is not as misogynistic as it gets it can't be yeah. uh so you love a bad boy or tortured hero i would say he's not a bad boy or tortured he was a bit tortured after he punished her yeah, he felt bad, but 
He's but, no crazy. Yeah, he's he otherwise seems to have a pretty decent life. Chill. Yeah. And then finally, angst, kidnapped slash captive romance. She is kind of kidnapped. She's like willingly kidnapped. Did she feel all that? I I think she was more wanting to talk through the intricacies of Mm -hmm. her situation than really very upset. I mean, she was upset about it, but I don't know if she was as it didn't seem like she was heartrendingly upset about her situation because I think she wanted to get breached and this is a way for her to get breached by a tall dude that she couldn't walk all over yeah she was getting dicked down so I think she was pretty okay with the situation yeah um all right those I mean obviously was on a ton more list but those that's sort of a sampling um so Clayton what are your tropes virgin heroine forks proximity interplanetary romance because I don't think they're aliens. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're aliens in the sense that they are from different planets, so I guess they're aliens, but they are so humanoid. Yeah. Right? That it I don't think it can make uh I th- I don't think it you know makes a difference. Sexual arrangement, odd sexual arrangement, the fact that he kind of owns her for a month. Mhm. And alpha hero, because I do think he's uh, he's an old school alpha. Totally. Yeah. So, Aaron, what are your tropes? So I have forced proximity because they have to be together for the month. Alien romance. I know that it's they're not maybe aliens. They are humans just like way in the future, but that they're on different planets. A sex challenge. So basically the we have to sleep together for 30 days. Sex on the first date. They have sex very quickly. Mm-hmm. A barbarian, virgin hero, saving the planet. She wants to save her planet. Um, they're from different worlds. Alpha hero, kidnap slash capture romance. Um, and then, so finally, so I was on the Womance podcast, who knows when, months, maybe years ago. And they were doing a Johannuary. So they read a lot of Johanna Lindsay books. They're such a fun podcast. If you guys haven't listened to Womance, go listen. They're really great. But mm-hmm. we sort of realized through reading those books, uh, I was only on one episode, uh, is that Johanna always has a spanking scene in every Johanna Lindsay book. And so there was a wow. spanking scene in this book. She got spanked by <laughs> Challen. So, yeah, the trope is spanking. It's not always nice. there. But... All right. So, Clayton, what has you swooning this week? So, my swoon is a musical album and it is a the second album by snail mail called valentine now snail mail is a band that consists of some people but the main person is a a girl a woman named Lindsay jordan who is i think in her early 20s at this point her first album came out when she was still in her late teens I really liked that album. It was called Lush. This one's called Valentine. And I was very excited for this album to come out, so much so that I didn't listen to it for a little bit because I was afraid it was going to be kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. And it turned out not to be. I really like it. I think it's uh, as good as her first, maybe a little bit better. And so, yeah, I just made a bunch of best of lists that have been coming out recently. So uh, snail mail, Valentine, that's my my swoon. Erin, what has you swooning? So I'm swooning about a movie that came out on Netflix, um, Tick, Tick, Boom. It's directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It stars Andrew Garfield. It is based on Jonathan Larson's one-man show that he did prior to writing Rent. Um he died as a young man of a aneurysm. Uh, famously, the morning of the very first Rent rehearsal, like the preview. Anyway, um, I was like, I don't know. I was not in, like, I didn't think this was going to be for me. I don't, I'm not like a huge Jonathan Larson fan. Um, obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda is a, a genius. He's won multiple Pulitzers, but uh, not always the vibes for me. Um 
but Pat and I ended up watching this and it is just a fun, it was phenomenally done and phenomenally acted. And it's a musical done in a really brilliant way. I think sometimes recently when people make musicals, they have, they always want to have this idea of like, well, why is this a musical when it's like, it's a musical because people are singing. I don't need, there doesn't need to be a dream sequence every time. And it's a really beautiful story about being an artist. And I think, you know, I consider myself an artist. I'm sure you do as well. Clayton, you are an artist. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are artists as well. So I think it's, it's a distillation of the artistic experience in a way that I found really beautiful and like heartrending. It is like an emotion. It's very emotional, especially, you know, kind of how it ends. A lot of the themes of the movie are about trying to get something done before you run out of time. And I don't think Jonathan Larson didn't know that he was only going to live to 35, obviously. But, um, you know, he, I think he, he felt that clock. Um, and it's, and it's a really beautiful story. And it's also does such a great job of also like capturing Manhattan in the nineties. I moved to New York in 2002, so not in the nineties, but it's kind of the New York that existed when I moved here in a way that I really miss. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a beautiful story and it's really well done. And Andrew Garfield is a star and he was excellent and a great singer, all things that were shocking to me. (laughs) Um, and yeah, if you if you have a chance, uh, watch Tick, Tick, Boom. And it's a good family one, too. So as the holidays are coming up, if you're looking for something for everybody to watch together, it, it's really fun. So Aaron, where can they find us? So uh, you can always rate, review, subscribe. That's how other people find us is by reviewing. If you guys do have a second um, to review, we haven't got any reviews for a little while and it it helps just kind of uh, bump us up and so more people can find us. So if you do have the time and the inclination, we would really, really appreciate it. Uh, like we said, we have our Patreon. So if you just search Learning the Tropes in Patreon, you'll find us. We have stickers going out at some point. We don't really know when, well, <laughs> but it's, they're coming. It's- yeah, it's it's three months from when we added it, so okay. it should be it should be a couple a couple months from now for a few people. But yeah, so we have more stuff we're bringing there. If you guys have a novella or a movie you want us to review, go ahead and let us know over on the Patreon. Uh, Clayton is the one who responds to all those. And then we have our email address, RingTropesPodcast at gmail.com. You can always just email us there. Any recommendations for old school romances or anything that you'd like us to do. Obviously, we get recommended a lot more books than we could ever do. But um, it is really helpful to just have a sense of what you guys are interested in. Um, We are on Twitter at LearningTheTropes, on Instagram at LearningTheTropes. We have our Facebook group, The Troop, that um, you can come and chat with other listeners. Uh, And then finally, we have our merch which is linked below and the holidays are coming up. So if you have any tropes listeners in your life, could be a great time to get them some merch. Oh yeah. All right. right, Well, yeah, I think that's it. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. And until then, happy reading. Happy reading.